Welcome to New Season Ministry with Evangelist Jeremy Cook. We hope today's message will challenge, encourage, and uplift you in your walk with the Lord. Enjoy the message. Your Bibles, go with me tonight to the book of Psalm, chapter number 92. <clears throat> the book of Psalm, chapter 92. I'm going to read a couple of verses of Scripture tonight. Um, and I'll try not to take I'll try not to take too long in my in my message, but I I told um, there's a I understand there's a lot of questions going on right now. I get that. Pastor and I have talked uh, just there's a lot of there's just a lot of questions. Um, there's a lot of things that have to be there's and I'm just, and I'm talking I'm talking within the church in general. I'm not necessarily talking about harvest time, but I'm just talking about in Christendom in general. I understand. I understand there's a lot of things that have been said. But I'll leave it, I'll leave it at that for right now. I understand there's a lot of things that have been said. Um, and there's a lot of there's and if things don't go the way that some things have been said, then there are some people that have got a lot of explaining to do. And um and but that still doesn't mean that doesn't mean that God is not in control. That doesn't mean that God uh, is not having His will and is not having uh, and is not having His way. Um, and really, about a week and a half ago, the Lord laid this on my heart. Um, and really, the Lord gave me specific instructions, and He said, "The night after the night after the election, you preach this message." And this is what I feel like the Lord has given me. Psalm chapter number 92. Begin reading at verse 12. I want to read verse 12 and 13 with you tonight. If you will stand and honor the reading of the Word of God tonight. Psalm chapter number 92. Begin reading at verse 12. The Word of the Lord says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, and he shall grow like a cedar, in Lebanon, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Amen. I want us to read, uh, let's read that again. It's just two verses. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, and he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of of our God. I want you to look at verse 12 tonight. Where he says that he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. I want to preach to you tonight about some trees. I want to talk to you about the trees that God is going to use in this day to build his church. And so tonight I want to talk to you simply on this thought. I want to talk to you tonight about the cedars that are in Lebanon. I want to talk to you about the cedars that are in Lebanon. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you tonight, Lord God. Father, I ask you that you would anoint me, Lord. God, that you would anoint these lips of clay, anoint the ears, Lord God, that we may hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And Father, I never cease to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. 
And the church says amen and amen. You may be seated in the house of God tonight. I was asked one time, Brother Jeremy, what is God doing in the earth today? What is God doing in the earth today? And my response, whenever I am asked that question, is always the same. God is doing what He has always been doing. What God is doing is God is building His church. God is building His church. Jesus would look at His disciples while they were at Caesarea Philippi, and He would say unto them, unto Peter, He says, Upon the rock, Upon the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he says, and behold, I have given unto you the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And so whenever I am asked the question, what is God doing in the earth today? My answer always remains the same. What God is doing is God is building His church. And I got to thinking about that. And the fact of the matter is the Bible has a lot to say about trees. You can find trees all the way back in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis. Because in Genesis chapter 3 we hear about a couple of trees. We hear about a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we hear about a tree that is of life. We hear in the book of Exodus about how that Moses had to cut down a tree and throw it into the bitter waters of Mars so that the, so that the bitter waters could be made sweet. We hear about a man by the name of Zacchaeus who was, who was of short stature that when he wanted to see the Lord... He had to climb a sycamore tree in order for him to see the Lord. But then perhaps the most important tree of all is found in the Gospels about how a man by the name of Jesus, he is the Son of the living God, had to die on a tree so that you and I could be saved, so that we could be redeemed back unto God. I want to tell you, God has a lot, the Word of God has a lot to say about trees. But when I thought about trees, I thought about the trees that God used to build His house. The trees that God would use to build His house. As a matter of fact, when you begin to study and you hear about Solomon's temple, God would instruct Solomon to use the cedars that are in Lebanon to build his house. And when he built the house of God, there was a reason for that. Everything had a purpose. It was so that the house of God, the temple of God, could be sturdy. So that the temple of God could be strong. So that the temple of God could be, could, could be well and could be whole. And I thought about the fact that everything that God does in the natural has a supernatural implication, has a spiritual implication to that. And the fact is, if God is building His church today, what type of men and women is God using to build His church? Because here's the thing tonight, church. 
God in this season, where we're at right now, regardless of how we want to view it, regardless of what our preference is, regardless of what we are currently thinking right now, God will have His way in His church. And God is going to use the people that are faithful, that are dedicated, that are separate, that are holy to Him. God wants to use the cedars of Lebanon to build His house. And I got to thinking about that, and I got to thinking about four, four cedars that God uses to build His church. This is a message like anything that I've ever preached before. But I want you to hear it. Four cedars, and I'm going to try to get through these very quick tonight. The first cedar that God uses to build His church is called the little cedar. You see, the little cedar is very small. It's very unimpressive. But it's very important. You see, it's named so because it's not very tall. The little cedar was small, but it was very important. It was used as fence post in Israel. It was used as fence post. It was used for the sturdying of walls. It was used in ceilings and even in the furnishing of the temple. Now there is something very interesting about this little cedar. And that's simply this. When, and I watched a video on this. I watched a video of a man that was that cut down little cedars. And when he piled them all up onto the truck, I noticed that he didn't tie those cedars down. And he got in the truck and began to drive and began begin to drive like a maniac and when he, he would hit pothole after pothole and take those curves uh, ever, so, uh, ever so fast. And I noticed that at no time did those trees ever fall off of the truck. You see, it's not necessary for them to be tied down with a cord or a rope. Because you see, the interesting thing is, is that these little cedars are known for their consistency. Because these little cedars actually produce a sap that when they come in contact with each other, they actually stick together. And God is looking in this day and in this age for some little cedars that God can use. You see, in this season, I know, I know that it's that it's we got a lot of uncertainty going on right now. Through a pandemic, through an election, through everything that has happened through through 2020. There's a lot of uncertainty, and unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have fallen off the wagon. But God is looking right now. In this day and in this age, He's looking for some little cedars that when the potholes of life begin to come, when the enemy throws his darts at us, when, 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 when the enemy comes in like a flood, we're not falling off the wagon. We're actually sticking together. There's actually some consistency about us. I don't know about you tonight, church, but I just wish that God would 
just raise up some people who are consistent. See, what, what the problem, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, let, me, let me just preach to you what I'm feeling right now. See, the issue is a lot of times, as pastors and as ministers, we're too busy picking up things that have fallen off the truck. And every time, and every time a pothole comes along, they've fallen off the truck, and we've got to go pick them back up again. I know that I know I know that sounds I know that sounds I know that sounds rough and what have you. But God is looking for some people that are consistent. I was talking to somebody one time, and they were and they were they uh, they were dating, and they were getting ready to get they were getting ready to get married. And one of them told me, and they said, "You know what? I don't know. I, I I don't know if I should marry this person. We've dated for a while, and now it's become so predictable. I know what they like. I know what they I, I know what they don't like. I know I know everything. Uh, I I, you know, I know everything about them. And there's nothing that is going that there's. I feel like there's nothing that's going to surprise me about this relationship. And I looked at them and I said, "That is the type of person that you need in your life. I you don't need somebody that you've always got to wonder and question what's going to happen. You don't need somebody." in your life or in the church that you're wondering if they're going to show up today, whether or not if we're going to have victory on Sunday and then whether or not if we're going to have defeat on Monday. Uh, we don't need people that we're going to, that, are they going to be with us today and may not be with us tomorrow. We're looking for some people that have some stickability to us and to them. I want to tell you right now in this season that God is calling the church to, we need some little cedars that will rise up and they will say it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what comes our way. I tell you, I am planted. I am rooted. I'm sticking to it. I'm not your enemy. You're not my enemy. I tell you, the enemy is not going to divide us. The enemy is not going to make us fall off the wagon. And we're not going to have... Listen, I want to tell you, we ought to stick together right now. Amen? You see? You see? Listen, I understand. I'm looking... God is looking for these little cedars. Let me just say this real quick. I'm not talking about, when I'm talking about faithfulness, I'm not talking about that we have a bad day. I feel like I need to clarify that real quick. I'm not talking, we all have bad days. I get it. There's just days that we just don't feel good. There's just days that maybe even that we have a bad attitude. There are days, I, I get that. That's not what I'm. That's not what. That's, that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about, though, is those people that you always. Oh my goodness. You know, if you don't call them, you know, their whole world just crumbles and just falls apart. And the first little sign of trouble, you know, they'll lay out a church for seven or eight weeks. You know, the first little sign of financial trouble, the first people, the first thing that they'll cut out is paying their tithe to God. Amen. I, this is Wednesday night. Is this okay for Wednesday night? But God is looking, God is looking for some little cedars. Those that'll stick together. See, what's impressive about these little cedars is most of the time, these little cedars are not the most outspoken or the most visible, or the most impressive people in God's church. 
You see, the little cedar is not the most important. It is not the most impressive. And a lot of the times that's what God needs. Is that God needs us to say, you know what? I, I don't feel worthy in this. It's not about me. It's not about my recognition. Do you know what makes the difference in these little cedars? In these little cedars, they developed a pattern of faithfulness. They don't live by their feelings. But they live by the quality decision that they have made. They've made it up in their minds. And we need some little cedars today that will make up their mind that it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what comes our way. We're not dedicated. Our lives are not dictated by our feelings. But we are faithful and we're not shaken by anything. I know that when trouble comes, I need to pray. When trouble comes, I need need to be in the house of God. Oh, the psalmist said, I didn't understand why the world, why the wicked were prospering. And the people of God seemed to be suffering. But it wasn't until I went to the house of God that I understood their end. Ah, this would be a good place to put this, to plug this in. It's not about this life. If the only thing that we're judging everything by is what is going on in this life and in this in, in this time period, we have missed it. You and I, the church of the living God, we live with eternity in mind. And even though that it is that it may look bad right now, and even though there are times that we have to go through the fire, I'm reminded of the words of Jesus when He said in John chapter 14 and verse 1, He said, let not your heart be troubled. He said, if you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I have gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. It's not about this life. This world is going to pass away. There's coming a day when Jesus is going to make all things new. I'm living with eternity in mind. Amen. 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 See, here's the thing. Then I'll move on to the second one. See, I get a little uneasy about those people that you never know where they're coming from. People scare me when they're sweet as honey today, but tomorrow they're as sour as a dill pickle. This week they're on fire for God, but next week they're ready to but next week they're ready to throw in the towel and give up. Be predictable. Be consistent. God is looking for people who are consistent and who are faithful to the work of God. God needs little cedars. But not only does God need little cedars, but there's another type of cedar that God needs. 
And that is the fire cedar. See, the fire cedar got its name because it was saturated with a very oily sap and it was highly flammable. In fact, the shepherds would use the fire cedar to light their campfire at night because it would ignite with a spark and burn almost indefinitely. And I believe we need some fire cedars in the church today. I love to see people in church who need no pressuring. They need no priming. They need no programming. I'm talking about seeing people come to the house of God so soaked with the, with the, with the oil of the Holy Spirit and ready to catch fire at the very first spark. Ah. I want to tell you tonight, church, I want to tell you, if every time that you come into the church door, every time that you come into the church, if the pastor or the evangelist or the preacher or the teacher or the minister has to stand up and always has to say, will somebody just clap their hands? Will somebody just lift up their hands? Will somebody just praise the Lord? Will somebody just worship them? I want to tell you, there's probably people in there that are not saturated with the oil of the Spirit of God. You see, one of the most distracting things I see in some churches today are preachers who have to get up and beg their people to worship. See, here's the thing. But worship is not something that you whip up. You don't work worship up. Let me just say this and then I'll, and I'll move on in my notes because I'm trying to stick. I'm, I'm, Lord knows I'm, I'm trying to stick close to my notes. I'm tired of Pentecostal manipulation. I'll just leave it right there. See, true worship is something that comes down from above. See, I don't think that we ought to freeze, be frozen in formulism. Uh, in formulism. I don't think that we ought to fry in fanaticism. But we ought to be able to freely worship God in spirit and in truth. When I hear when 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 we begin to sing praises to God, I ought to lift up holy hands without wrath or doubt. I tell you, I ought to be able to say a hallelujah. I ought to be able, I ought to be able to say uh, thank you, Jesus. I ought to be able to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Why? Because whatever's in the well will always come up in the bucket. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if it's inside of you, it will naturally bubble up out of you. Uh, have you ever have you ever pumped water from a well? And you pumped and pumped and pumped and pumped and nothing comes out. What did you have to do? Got to prime it. Sometimes we have to put something in in order to get something out. I'm, uh, pray for the preacher. because I'm, I'm feeling that street getting ready to run up and down me right now. See, here's the thing. We got to get past this mentality where we drag where we drag ourselves into the house of God, thinking 
Uh, I wish the preacher's got something that he can just, the, the preacher, he or she's got something that they can just uplift me with. I wish they just have something. I wish the choir, I wish the praise team can just give me something to, just to, just to get me through. Just know that I want to tell you something. We ought to be able to prepare our hearts before we ever come into the. Ah, my goodness. You see, sometimes we have to put something in to get something out. Worship, God desires it, God deserves it, and God demands it. And in worship, you have to put something in to get something out. Can I just say this? As part of the leadership of this church, and you got to love me to go to heaven, we shouldn't have to pump you up. When we come to God's house, God's people ought to be prayed up and ready to praise God. Why do people come to church and sit in slump and soak in sour and say, Here I am, preacher. Bless me if you can. I mean... Here's somebody who reads the more. Oh my goodness. I, I, listen, I put this all in my notes. See, here's the thing. We get up in the morning. We get up on Sunday morning. And we'll read the morning newspaper. And we'll read Facebook. And then, and then we'll hunt for our Bible before, right at the last minute before we head out the door. Just so that we can get to church on time. And we wonder why we can't worship. But God is looking for some fire seeders. You know, we ought to come to church ready to go. We ought to come to church. John Wesley said it like this. He said, I want God to set me on fire and then people can come and watch me burn. See, here's the thing that I know about revival. When true revival comes, you don't have to promote it. When true revival comes, when the true fire falls, you don't have to send out flyers. You don't have to sit. You don't have to send out postcards. I'm not against any of that. You don't, but you don't have to do any of that because here's the thing: people will know when a church is in revival. Ah, oh my goodness! Acts chapter four. This is not in my notes, but I'm going to hit this and then I'm going to move on. Acts chapter four. The Bible says those people of the world. Those rulers of the synagogue, they took notice. What did they take notice of? That they had been with Jesus. They didn't have to stand up. Peter and John didn't have to stand up and say, You know what? We've been with Jesus. We've walked with Jesus. We've talked with Jesus. You know, we've prayed today. We paid our tithes today. We fasted today. No, they didn't have to do all of that. By the power and the fire and the Spirit of God that was working in them, People took notice. We need some fire cedars in the churches today. Because when it burns, it energizes. When it burns, it warms. When it burns, it empowers the people of God. It's the fire of the Holy Spirit that we seek. Because God hates bondage. He hates it so much that He sent a Moses to lead the children of Israel out. 
He hates it so much that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to set you free. And when you've been free, listen, it's not that I've been free from. I'm thankful that I'm free from. But I've also been free too. And when I've been free too, what have I been free to? I've been free from, the, from condemnation. But I've been free to lift up my hands and say, thank you, Jesus. I've been free to lift up my hands and say, praise the Lord. I've been free to bow myself in adoration to Him and say, I worship you, Lord, because you have picked me up out of the horrible pit and out of the miry clay. And Father, I ask you that you would set my soul on fire. We need the fire cedars. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I wish somebody's soul would just catch on fire. Hallelujah. The third cedar that God uses is the humming cedar. The way it got its name was because of the way that the leaves were shaped on the humming cedar. And when the winds would blow, especially on a cold winter night, those humming cedars with its bell-shaped leaves would give off a melody humming sound. You see, Jewish tradition taught that King David would actually tune his heart by the cedars in Lebanon. Because they made a very beautiful sound when the wind blew through them. And the interesting thing is, is that the harder the wind blew, the louder they would sing. And oh, what a beautiful sound that must have been. Did you know that God still uses humming cedars today? He does. He uses humming cedars to keep the sweetness of spiritual harmony ringing in the church. We need humming cedars who are men and women who can turn bitterness into sweetness. Mm. You see, when the wind starts to blow, and you heard me say this a few weeks ago, you got one or two options. You can either let it make you become bitter, or you can become better. And a lot of times, when the wind starts to blow, we don't like that. We don't like the wind blowing. Because when the wind blows, it always leaves an impression. When the wind blows, you can always see its effects. Sometimes it's minimal. Sometimes I know that the wind has blown when I walk out on my porch, on my back porch here at the parsonage. And I see the back porch covered with leaves. I know that the wind has blown. Because I can see its effects. When we lived in Florida and hurricane season would start. I remember 
When I remember when the hurricanes in 2004 swept through, when we had three that swept through Polk County within just weeks of each other. And I remember laying in my bedroom one night and I could hear, I thought at any moment that the roof was going to lift off of the house because of the force of the hurricane. And I walked outside the next morning after it was all over with and I saw the big oak tree in the neighbor's yard that had stood proud turned broke and on the ground. Because any time when the wind blows, you can always sense its aftermath. But what do you do when the wind blows? Do you sing? Come on now. Or do you get bitter? Come on now. You see, God told that to Jeremiah when he told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house because I want to show you something. And while he was down there, he, Jeremiah, saw the potter working the vessel of clay there. And if you know anything about pottery, there will come a time when that potter will take that vessel and he will stick it in the fire. And how they know that that vessel is ready when they take it out of the fire, is that they will give that vessel a thump. Because the potter is looking for it to make a certain sound. And pottery, they are looking for that vessel to actually sing. And when they thump it, and if it doesn't make the sound that it needs to make, it tells the potter, That that vessel is not done yet. And so back in again into the fire. It has to go. God is looking for humming cedars. For those that when the wind starts to blow. We begin to sing. And we begin to worship Him. Let's pray that God plants some humming cedars. In the churches in this day. That the harder the wind blows, the louder and sweeter they will be. Praising God. Praise God for the humming cedars. You know people are like the humming cedars. When the pressure is on, you never know what is inside a person until the pressure is applied. Oh, we can put up the front as long as everything's going good. But let us get agitated. Let us get uncomfortable. Let us get inconvenienced. And it will show us who we truly are. Oh, oh my goodness, thank you Holy Ghost. When we were, several months back, when we were over at Brother Robbie Kahn's church one Saturday for a men's fellowship, we had to watch, we watched a video of the church, of different nations of the world, the church and everything, and how they went through persecution. And the thing that stuck out to me more than anything in that whole, in that whole video, and there were so many powerful things, but when they started talking about the church in China, 
Whenever a new missionary or somebody would come into that area to be able to minister to them, one of the first questions that they would ask is, show me your scars. Show me your scars. And if they couldn't produce their scars that they had received from their following the Lord, they would reject them. Because in the church in China, then you must, they believe that you weren't following the Lord. You see, the wind will reveal who we are. The wind will reveal whether or not if we can praise Him. We used to sing the song that says, I'll praise you in the midst of the storm. I'll praise you in the storm. I'll never forget. I'm just going to throw this in. I'll never forget. We were at Walt Disney World several years back. And Casting Crowns was there and they were performing that song. And all of a sudden they started singing that. And it was almost like the storm clouds rolled in. And I was like, man, I said, I said, if this is Disney's doing, I said, man, I said, this is a production like no other. But it wasn't. I mean, it was. I mean, they got to singing that song and all of a sudden the storm clouds moved in and it started thundering and lightning. And I want to tell you, a sweet presence of God came in there while we were worshiping alongside Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and, and, all, those, and all those other people. Why? Because God was letting us know at that particular time, it may get dark, the lightning may be flashing, but I'm looking for some humming cedars that when it gets dark and when the lightnings are flashing and the thunder is rolling and the wind is blowing, that you what will happen is is that you'll lift up your hands and you'll begin to sing the sweetest praises of God. God is looking for some humming cedars. When the winds blow and the pressures, you'll find out always when the wind blows and the pressure is on. You'll never know what type of tree you are till that wind blows. And then finally... And I'm trying to wrap this up. The fourth cedar. The fourth cedar is called the tall cedar. It gets its name. Why? Because it grows tall. Sometimes it can grow to be 80 or 90 feet tall. Now the thing that makes the tall cedar impressive. It's not its great height. It's impressive because of its root system. Because I've learned about the tall cedar that just as far as the body of the tall cedar extends above the ground, its root system goes under the ground. And we need to be like that tall cedar. We need to get our roots down deep. Here's the interesting thing about the tall cedar. When the wind blows, that cedar will actually bend all the way to the ground. But Sister Shill, it'll never break. Because then when the wind stops blowing, 
that tree will once again stand upright. Why? Because down deep into the earth, there is a root system that keeps it secure. If it only had tiny roots, when the wind starts blowing and the storms come and it starts to bend over, it would snap. And the sad thing is, in 2020, we've had a lot of Christians who have snapped. Because, unfortunately, their root systems did not go deep enough. We heard our pastor preach, I guess it was last year, that we need to be rooted. 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 We've got to be rooted. Right. And in this day and in this age, where we're at right now, We've got to be rooted. Brother Johnny, it doesn't matter what is happening in the world. We've got to remain steadfast. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. It doesn't matter what they're all saying on the news. We've got to remain steadfast. Steadfast. I don't know what's getting ready to happen. I don't know what all the next few weeks or the next few months are going to entail. I know we're trying to be optimistic. I know we're trying to believe good things. I will tell you this though. Sometimes and we heard Sister Tanya say it at the beginning of the service. If we worship at an altar long enough, God will allow certain things to happen. He'll allow it to happen. He'll permit it to happen. There was even a king in the Bible that he didn't want to call on one prophet because he told all the other prophets of prosperity and joy and gladness, he said, well, I don't like that prophet because every time he comes into my presence and begins to prophesy, it's always something bad. But I get all that. I understand all of that. I wish that I could stand up here tonight. Listen to me carefully. I wish I could stand up here tonight and tell you everything's going to be okay. But as a minister of the gospel and also knowing what the word of God says, I can't do that. But I do know this. I do know that the church, the true church, is going to be planted. And that's what he is looking for. He's looking for, he is looking for men and women. We talked about the remnant generation. 
There is a remnant. There is a people that God is raising up. That God is getting ready to use. Still, I believe it. I, I, I truly believe it. I believe that the church is getting ready to shine. In the midst of all of this, I was telling pastor just before service, I said, look at church history. All you got to do is just follow church history. And you can see the patterns. You'll really find out that when the church experienced times of prosperity, they became lax and they fell asleep. But it was in times of persecution. And it was in times of darkness. It was in times of when Nero would use Christians as human torches to light his palace. But at those times, some of the greatest signs and wonders were done. And I don't know what is going to happen. But I felt like about a week and a half ago the Lord laid this on my heart. It's very unusual for me to preach something like that. God is looking for the little cedars. He's looking for those that will stick it out. That will stick together. My goodness, give me three minutes and I promise you I'll wrap this up. If you want the anointing to fall, be unified. Yes. Want the, the anointing to fall? How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to grow together in community. Amen. It is like the ointment that flowed on Aaron. Faithfulness. Faithfulness in the house of God. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Time is short. And I don't mean this to sound harsh. But as ministers of the gospel. We don't have time. If I can say it like this. To constantly put out fires. Is that okay, Pastor? Sure. There's a, there's a lost and a dying world out there that is dying and going to hell. Yes. And we need to be about the Father's business. We need fire cedars. We need those cedars that will come in and they'll spark and they'll blaze with the anointing of God. We need the humming cedars that when the wind blows, will sing. And we need the tall cedars that are rooted in the foundation of Jesus. How many want to be, how many want to be a cedar tonight? Amen. Give the Lord praise in this house. Amen.
today's message by Evangelist Jeremy Cook. If you would like more information regarding New Season Ministry, to schedule Jeremy to minister at your event, or to support the ministry with a love gift, please contact us at 859-404-4007. Or you may email him at pastorjeremycook at gmail.com. God bless, and we will see you next time on New Season Ministry. Thank you.